I'd like you to hold up your Bibles and repeat after me. Say it like you mean it, okay? This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. The Word of God is very special. It's the light into the world, and it's a very dark world today, isn't it? We see carnage everywhere we look, from the newspapers, everything. uh, We can see that this world is under the power of, of an adversary, an enemy. And yet, through this experience, God loves us. And nothing that can happen in this world or to us can separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus. In Romans, we read that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If we go back to the beginning of this chapter chapter 8, verse 1, we read that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I was wondering, what is the law of sin and death? Some have said it's the law of our human nature being sinful. But there's a law that I think comes to our mind when we think about a law about sin, and it is this. The wages of sin is what? Death. That is the law of sin and death, because the wages of sin is death. But Jesus is our Redeemer, amen? He took those sins. He sacrificed He was sacrificed on the cross, and because he died for us, we are set free. He has given us the gift of salvation. That means that nothing can separate you from the love of God. It means that God loves you. It means that Jesus loved you so much, he gave his life for you. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should what? Not perish, but have everlasting life. You know, the Holy Spirit loves us too. He wants to fill us with his power, with the mind of Christ. They love you just the way you are. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter of your past, your experiences, your sins, your mistakes. God still loves you. Nothing can change the fact that he loves you and always will love you. And he will do everything in his power to save you. He has already forgiven you on the cross by the redemption of Jesus Christ. You only have to receive it as a gift of salvation and follow him. Isn't that wonderful? 
He's paid the penalty already. He has taken away the guilt of our sins. And he wants to save us through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why we are here today, amen? We're here to worship, to praise, and to thank God for what he is doing for our lives. That being said, we still live in the land of the enemy. We are still going through trials, some tribulations, some heartaches, and some loss. Sometimes we feel we are separated from God's blessings. Sometimes our emotions can be full of fear, doubt, or even anger. But whatever you are going through, the Bible says, nothing shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I've asked John to come and share with us this morning a little bit, because John and Nadine just went through the loss of their beloved uh, mother, Virginia, and even through this loss, God has been near to them. So, John, would you share a little bit about that? Thank you, Ron. Happy Sabbath. Um, as a, a lot of you know, uh, Nadine's mom passed away two sun- on the 4th, two Sundays ago, and in the evening about 6 o'clock. And first of all, I just want to thank all of you in the church for your prayers, for the people who brought food, for those who made calls to us. Um, it was just such a blessing. But during that time, um, everything that has been done this morning, the songs, the scripture reading, I'll have to be honest with you, our faith was tested, and it was tested strongly because Nadine's mom was suffering greatly, and we were praying heavily, a lot of us, our kids, our grandkids, We're praying for her that God would be merciful and take her. And he didn't. He didn't do what we asked him to do. And I felt separated. I felt like, why isn't he answering our prayers? And as time went along and we kept praying and Granny kept getting weaker and weaker, And Nadine and I were struggling with some things that we had to deal with with her. But he led us to people who could help her. And this went back almost four years ago, but I didn't even see it. It was my blindness. I didn't see this. I didn't see how God was working with this situation way before I even saw it. He brought this lady named Lote, a Samoan woman, to our house to help take care of Nadine. Or to, well, it did help take care of Nadine too, but with Granny. Because Granny got to the point where she couldn't even walk or talk. And I had to physically, whenever she had to go to the restroom or to go eat or anything, I had to get behind her and lift her and move her. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to have some little frail nurse come in and try and do this because she just, she was, I don't like to say it this way, but she was dead weight. And Lote was a big, strong woman. 
this was part of God's plan. I didn't see that at all. My eyes were too wrapped up, and I wasn't getting what I wanted. I wasn't getting what I needed to have. This was about me. And Nadine and I had some arguments about what should be done. And, of course, I never won any of those. (laughs) But um, it was a process that we were going through, and our prayers were being answered in the way that God wanted them answered, not the way that maybe we wanted them answered. We wanted her suffering to stop. But in that process, it gave our family a chance actually to come closer together. We had some of our kids who are not of this church, our daughter, our son-in-law, and two of our grand, actually three of our grandkids, Ashley was there constantly. Ashley would bring food. She would sit there for hours with Granny and talk with her. Um, Carrie was there a lot. Danielle and Brandon, our two other grandkids, were there. And as time went along, we got to pray over Granny as she became bedridden, and she couldn't really move herself at all. The kids were there to help out a lot. And I'm going, why don't you take her? What's going on? Because she was at the point she just really couldn't do anything for herself. And we prayed for mercy. And I know it was a real difficult time for Nadine. And I would have had her come up here today with me, but I know she'd go into the ugly cry real quick. But she's okay. It's okay to cry about this. But as time went along... And I know I might be getting the sequence out of here. And I know once I'll sit down, I'll go, oh, I should have said this, or I should have said that. But it's just that God was always there with us. He was there all the time with us. And Nadine has a niece who lives in Sacramento who Granny actually raised her as a little girl. And this is what God was waiting for. Lisa got there. And she was able to (sighs) I hate when I do this. (laughs) She was able to sit there with Granny and talk to her and be with her. And and just as in the end time, when it got real, real close... And all the kids were under pastor and Leah got to pray with pay, pray over her, pray with us. We got a chance to pray with over Granny, and Ashley and Nadine actually sang for her. And I mean, it was just beautiful. We had a little baby monitor down in the house, and all of a sudden, I heard these songs coming up from up there in her room, and it was Ashley and Nadine singing to her. And I thought, oh, this is beautiful. And he led us to these hospice nurses who were just fantastic. This one gal was, I mean, they were all good. They were all very, very good. And they just took control of the situation for us. When we needed anything, Nadine would call them. Boom, they were there. This was his doing. This was all God putting this stuff in there for us. And when the time came, 
all of us were around her. And we stood over her. Ashley showed up. And she took her last breath. And we were just so grateful that all the pain and agony was over for her. Everything was gone. And Granny was as... If you knew Granny, she she just loved... Okay, I'll just say it. She was very vain. She... (laughs) She was just, she liked to be, wherever she went, I mean, even, you know, if she wasn't going anywhere, she had a four-hour window of getting ready. When she was able to travel with us when she was younger, if we were leaving on an early morning flight, she'd stay up all night. She's staying up, she's getting fixed up, she's, you know, ready to go by six o'clock in the morning. But in the end... When she passed away, when God put her to sleep, and she was in her place, it's exactly what she wanted. She wanted to be there. She wanted to not go into a care facility. And we knew that if we had put her in there, that would have been it. She would have just quit. So she got to stay in her own place. And the girls took her, cleaned her up, put makeup on her, curled her hair, And when the hospice nurse came in to pronounce, you know, they have to come in and pronounce that she's dead, although, you know, you can see it's done. The nurse said, wow, I've never seen anybody look so good. So, and one of the blessings that has been is that this hospice nurse, Carol, I think was her name, when she came in, she... Gave Nadine a big hug. Everybody there gave him a big hug. But the blessing out of a lot of this was that the kids who are not of this church or really are not going to church at all got to see the love that was around her, got to see God at work in our family. And God has blessed Nadine tremendously still because if any of you have ever dealt with any of this, and there's a lot of things that afterwards you have to deal with. And she has been given people who have been put right in front of her who say, well, yeah, I can help you with that. Or here, we can do this. We can get that done. And boom, 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 boom. It gets all taken care of. But it was a very <laughs> trying time for our relationship. And through all of this, God has shown himself in so many different ways by how he has helped us deal with all this. He never disconnected from us. But I will be honest with you, I had that temptation to walk away from him because I didn't feel like he was there. And now he has brought me back stronger than ever because he has shown me through this whole process What a wonderful God he is. Thank you, John, so much for for sharing. You know, it's it's impossible for us to really know what they went through, but to see a little glimpse of what the experience is, what they went through, it gives us encouragement to know that when it's our time to go through those kind of trials, and we will, Each one of us are going to go through a trial very similar to that in one way or another. 
But to have that promise that God is with us, he'll work it out, is very encouraging to all of us. And so thank you uh, for sharing that. There are so many examples in the word of God how men and women have gone through trials and, and, and experiences like this that was such a witness as to how God can use these to his glory, to use these these bad things to turn around into good things. And one of my favorite stories is the story of Joseph, how that he went through some very difficult trials, very uh, tough things in his life. It started out as a nice little family with, with uh, Jacob, his father, and his brother Benjamin was born, and unfortunately his mother passed away when Benjamin was born, and so it was just Joseph and his brother and his father Jacob. And then a part of that family, there was uh, a stepmother and, and more than one with the maids and with the stepbrothers and sisters. It was a very dysfunctional family. And we can see in his life how that he went through some tough times, but God did bless him in the end. And we find that in this story how his brothers would, would get after him and tease him and, and ridicule him because they could see that he was favored by their father, Father Jacob. And if we look at uh, a glimpse of this in the book of Genesis in chapter 37, we read that in verse 4, his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now, God saw this, and they saw what Joseph was going through. I'm sure his heart ached when his brothers were that mean to him. And he missed his mother. I mean, he he really did, felt lonely. And he loved his father so much, but his brothers hated him. And so God gave Joseph a dream. In verse 5 it says, Now Joseph had a dream, and he told to his brothers, and they hated him even more. And so he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field, and then behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? No way. Uh, They hated him even more after his dreams and for his words. And then God gave him another dream. God reinforced this message to Joseph. In verse 9 it says, He dreams still another dream and told to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. And so he told to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this that dream you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to, to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his fathers kept this in mind. God was encouraging Joseph But Joseph was going through a really tough, dysfunctional family with hatred from his brothers, loneliness by missing his mother. And it 
And then the hatreds got so bad that when he went to visit his brothers as they were grazing their sheep far away from home, that they took out their anger, and you know the story, how they threw him into a well. And a couple of them were very capable of killing Joseph. But you know what? God looked forward ahead of time and saw this coming, and he brought a band of Ishmaelites on their way to Egypt. And the brothers sold Joseph into slavery. But Joseph was protected. God looked out for him. There was, it was not a surprise to God that Joseph would be treated this way. So God provided the Ishmaelites to take him away so he would not, would not be harmed by his brothers. So can you imagine what Joseph must have felt? Here he was at the bottom of a well, Hated, didn't know if his life would be taken. And it's very possible that he thought he might die down there. Today, there might be someone here who feels they're at the bottom of a well. Maybe that's what John and Dean maybe thought a few weeks ago when it looked so dark, so lonely, with no help in sight. And You may be totally innocent, you may be guilty, but regardless of that, you may feel separated from the love of God. But God has a way of taking these stumbling blocks and making them stepping stones into something greater later on. Amen? Joseph could have wallowed in self-pity. He could have felt sorry for himself. He could have given up on God, says, well, God, if you allowed them to treat me like this, I'm not going to follow you anymore. But Joseph determined that he would hold on to his faith, and the faith of his father, the faith of his grandfather Isaac, the faith of Abraham, and he would trust in their God for protection. Joseph did not know the future, But you know what? God does know the future. Amen? And he knew that if he would follow the Lord, God would work out his future. With God's supernatural power, he can turn things around. In Romans 8.28 it says, All things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, I don't think Joseph prayed that he might be made prime minister of Egypt. I don't think that was even in his mind. But that was his destiny. That's what God had in mind for him. He did not know that he was going to save thousands of people by providing grain during this famine. But that's what God's plan was for him. When Joseph was going through his experience as a slave in Egypt. I'm sure he just wanted to go home and be with his father and with his brother Benjamin. He decided that he was going to trust God no matter what and that God would work it out somehow. He remembered those dreams that God gave him, but he had no idea how those dreams would come to pass. You know, I believe that God may be calling you to something great, and you may have no idea what that might be at this moment. 
God has a plan for your future, and he's going to work it out for you. And God will sometimes put us through a school of preparation for that destiny that God has for you. That school of preparation can be difficult, can it not? It can be full of heartache, some trials, some difficulty. But God in his wisdom will do just the right thing to prepare you for your calling. Now Daniel, he was prepared for a special calling, but he went through a lot of hardships before he was there. He determined that even though he was in the land of Babylon, that he'd be faithful to God no matter what. He was offered the riches, the diet, the, the, the wealth of the nation, the king's meat and wine. But he asked for a special exemption, a special vegetarian diet. And God blessed him with wisdom and favor with the king, who gave him promotions to a, a high office. I think if Daniel was here today, I think he would say to us right now, stay obedient to God. You can trust him no matter what you are going through. Just keep trusting him and be faithful. Daniel had three companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were also tested before the king. The king had a great image, as you recall, and they were to bow down to this image. And the alternative was to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And God and King Nebuchadnezzar gave him the choice. <clears throat> Either bow down to the idol <clears throat> or you'd be thrown into the furnace. He said, oh, king, we don't need to think about this. We've already decided that we're going to follow our true God and not bow down to the image. And the king said, I'm going to heat up the furnace ten times hotter. Are you sure? He says, we're positive, king. Don't worry about that. Our God is able to save us from the furnace. But if he chooses not to, we're at peace with giving our lives for him. God can give us peace no matter what happens, whether they are going to the furnace or whether they're not. God can give us those peace in our hearts. And that is so important to know that God is with us. Remember that uh, problems can occur when you're innocent. And I think of, uh, of David. He was an innocent shepherd boy, but he had a special calling to be king of Israel. But before he was made king, David had to go through some hardships too. He was put before the trial of facing a giant. And after the giant, there was a hardship of being facing King Saul, who was jealous of David because David slew the giant with the help of God. And King Saul was jealous of David and sought to kill him. But God protected David, didn't he? He protected him from the Philistines, and he became one of the greatest kings of Israel. And if David, if he were here today, what would he say? David would say, I think, God is able to deliver you from the giants in your life. The giant problems in your life, God can deliver you. And if God is with you, nothing 
can be uh, against you. There's nothing to fear. David would say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You are with me, no matter what. There may be some today that feel like they're going through the shadow of, of death. But I promise you that you are not going alone, for God is with you. <clears throat> Think of Job, <clears throat> who lost everything in one day. He lost his business, his cattle, his sheep, everything that he had. Even his children were wiped out. Satan was allowed to attack him viciously. And then in his sorrow and his suffering and loss, he was covered with painful boils from head to toe. His wife tempted him to just give up and curse God and die. But no, Job dug his heels in, and he decided to remain faithful to God no matter what. And then God blessed him twofold. He returned double for all that he lost. And I think if Job was here today, he would say, don't give up. Though he slave me, yet will I serve him, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. Blessings are on the way. Look at Paul and Silas. They were the missionaries that went out into, all, into the area around them after the crucifixion of Jesus. And they were thrown in prison because they were preaching the good news. They were doing nothing wrong, and yet they were thrown in this dungeon. They were chained to a wall with stocks. But instead of complaining, they started singing praises to God. Now imagine the other prisoners, what they must have thought. These guys are crazy. Singing? Let us sleep. Don't, sleep. Don't be waking us up with these, these praises. You're in prison. But they kept on singing until midnight, and then God delivered them with a huge earthquake. Their chains fell off, and they were set free. But they did not escape. The prison guard thought they would. He's about to take his life. But Paul and Silas said, no, we're here. We're all, we're all here. Don't take your life. Our God delivered us. And the prison keeper saw that, and he said, I want a God like that. I want to worship a God like that that has that kind of power. And so the, the prison guard gave his life to God right then and there, and his whole family, and he were baptized and I think if Paul and Silas were here today, they would say, regardless of the situation you find yourself in, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we will overcome in his strength. You may feel you're in a dark place. You may feel you're in a dungeon of trouble and trials. But keep singing praises to the Lord of glory. Amen. Don't be discouraged by the circumstances you see. Have faith in the power of God. Keep your eyes on him, the hope of glory, for nothing can separate us from the love of God through Christ Jesus. The Bible says that the secret of overcoming trials is using God's strength, not our own. Zechariah 4, 6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. By the Spirit of God and by His strength, we can overcome all trials.
We should not focus on our problems, but instead focus on the solution of our problems, which is Christ Jesus, our Savior. We need, we need to talk faith so we can live by faith. We must be careful what comes out of our mouths because that is what we listen to, what our mind thinks about. So talk of blessings, and then that way we can receive more blessings. We need to, to praise him constantly. We need to uh, talk faith, walk faith. And I believe by doing this, we open the doors of God's blessings. If we do not open those doors through our praises, I really think our lives will be different. <clears throat> Remember the, the, uh, the Israelites, when they uh, were in the wilderness, they became discouraged and they focused on the negative things, the lack of water, the, the desert, the lack of their food they enjoyed, uh, not being in their homes. They just complained and complained. They could have been in the wilderness. Yeah, they could have been in the promised land in just a few months. But because they murmured, because they complained, that opened their hearts to rebellion. And because they rebelled against God and Moses and the leadership, they were then rejected, and they had to wander around that wilderness for 40 years until they died. Complaining, murmuring, really ruined their lives. Only Caleb and Joshua, the faithful spies that spoke encouragement, they were the ones that entered the promised land. So when you are tested, trust in the word of God. These promises are for you to claim. Because you are a son and daughter of God, because you have been purchased by Jesus Christ, these promises are for you to claim. They're for you to live and to hold on to. When you're going through a trial, don't murmur, don't complain. Praise God instead, like Paul and Silas, and sing praises, and you'll find that your attitude will change as you sing those praises. And thank him for delivering him, for, thank him for delivering you in advance. <clears throat> Remember that God is able and willing to bestow upon his servants all the strength they need. He will more than fulfill the highest expectations of those who put their trust in him. Joseph was taken to Egypt as a slave, but God blessed him in the house of Potiphar, his master. And Potiphar trusted him to take care of the whole household. And Joseph found favor with him. Unfortunately, Potiphar's wife tempted Joseph to sin but Joseph would not sin because he put his trust in God. Potiphar's wife became angry and told a lie about Joseph, and so Joseph was thrown in prison. But because he was in prison, he met, met the butler and the baker of Pharaoh, and he was able to interpret their dreams. And in turn, when Pharaoh had a dream, the uh, the butler remembered that there was a man who could interpret dreams, and this brought Joseph to the throne to meet Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph. 
He was so impressed with his knowledge and his ability to interpret dreams that he put Joseph in head of the whole country preparing for the famine. God put a blessing on Joseph. Years later, his brothers come down, came down to Egypt to get grain. They did not know that Joseph was still alive. They did not know that he was in charge of all the land and of the grain. But when they bowed down to Joseph, and Joseph saw his brothers bow down, that dream came back to his mind. He realized that God was in charge. And he told his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. His brothers, over time, had been converted. They, they became good men. They became the, the tribes of Israel. And they had their faults. But God can, can take these men with their weaknesses and their faults and transform them into church leaders. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I've had many faults in my past, but I know that God has forgiven me and is blessing me, and I know that he can bless, bless you as well. So what am I saying? <clears throat> I'm saying that all of us are going to go through hardships. You may be going through one right now. If, you, if you're not, you will. It's going to happen to all of us. We're all going to have trials. We're all going to be tempted. We're all going to experience loss. But God is available to all of us. God is with us. You are a child of God. You are a daughter and you are a son of God. And he will be with you. He will always love you. He will only allow things to happen to us that can bless us eventually to prepare us in a school of preparation for something greater for us. In other words, he can always make something good out of something bad. And God is not surprised when something bad happens to us. He knows about it in the future. And just as he prepared the Ishmaelites to save Joseph from his brothers, he can prepare something advanced for you just when you need it most. And so when we're going through a rough patch in our life, we need to take it to God in prayer. There is a text that, that gives a lot of encouragement to, to us, and Nadine mentioned that this is one of her favorite texts that she would go to in Philippians chapter 4. Because it gives us hope, it gives us promise. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. That means in those trials, those times of loneliness, those times of discouragement, it says again, I will say rejoice. Verse 5, Let your gentleness be known in all men. The Lord is at hand. You know, when we're going through trials, we're going through these, these problems, it's easy to lash out in frustration and anger to those that we love most. The Bible says, let your gentleness be known to all men. Let your gentleness be known to your wife, <laughs> to your children, to your coworkers, 
The Lord is at hand. It means the Lord is close. Remember Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego when they were in the fiery furnace? Where was the Son of God? He was right there with them, standing right with them in the fire with them. Remember, the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Can you imagine the thoughts of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were standing there before that that alt, that, uh, that image that they were supposed to bow down to, the music is playing, and everyone else is bowing down. I don't think Shadrach said to Meshach, you know, in a few minutes, <clears throat> we'll be standing with the Son of God in the fire furnace, and we're not going to get burned. He didn't know that, did he? He did not know that God would deliver him. And then <clears throat> after they would, would come out of the furnace, they'd be, be promoted in all the land, as leaders, as ambassadors to the land. Did that thought even come to their mind? No. When they're in the heat of temptation, in the heat of trials, their only hope was the hand of God. In the song that says, Hold thou my hand, O God, comes to mind. And that maybe all you have is that hope that God loves you, and you can hold on to that hand. God is there for us. His hand is always there, available to hold on to. <clears throat> and the promise is sure that nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He is able to bless you abundantly more than you can imagine, he can forgive you of all your sins, for he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. He can heal you of all your diseases. These promises are for us to claim right now. He can deliver you from destructive habits, your addictions, every problem. He can heal you from that. And then he is said that he can crown you with loving kindness and tender mercies. If you can receive that, can you say amen? amen? Now, I don't want to close this sermon without giving you a chance to receive Christ as your living Savior. Would you repeat this prayer with me? <clears throat> Just repeat after me. Dear Father, I accept Jesus as my personal Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Come into my heart today, and I will make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for giving me eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, friends, if we just pray the simple prayer every day, we will grow and grow in a saving relationship with Jesus. And what are trials that we, we come through? You'll have the peace that passes all understanding, knowing that God is with you. He will be with you. 
and he will hold your hand. Amen? Amen.